We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Touchdown at 10 as always, talking touchdowns. Who's going to score more touchdowns this week in the playoff matchups? Breaking it down this week, of course, a lot of third-string quarterbacks going at it. One's in a plum situation. The other two are not. Baltimore's an 8.5-point underdog. Over-under at 40.5. Headed to Cincinnati. Chris, what's the formula? It's running the football. It's not turning it over. And you hope that Joe Burrow throws you a ball or two. Or you punch one out of Joe Mixon or Samaje P. Ryan. Our guy Jay Gruden's guy had a Samaj really P. good Ryan, year. Samaje P. Ryan. Hey, Samaje P. Ryan, excellent in a he's, fill-in role he's, he's been a for the Bengals. Ni- he's been a really nice uh, – I mean, look, he's not a number one back, but he's been a really nice fit in Cincinnati. Uh, whether it's Huntley, whether it's Brown, Baltimore behind the eight ball indeed coming up this week. And perhaps maybe then another offensive coordinator that could be out there and available – uh, looking for a job if uh, Greg Roman's not retained in Baltimore. Uh, but is, I mean, is there anything other than Baltimore running the football down Cincinnati's throat uh, that gives them a formula to win the game? I mean, like you said, turnovers, uh, you know, I mean, if if the new $100 million man, Roquan Smith, just tears it all up and dominate, I, I guess you can hang in there, take your chance. I mean, I, I suppose if Tyler Huntley can get cleared in time, maybe you give them a chance uh, in that respect, um, this, according to Barnwell, um, who's good with all the analytics, they've averaged minus 0.03 expected points added, whatever that means per play, with Huntley as their starter, uh, which would rank 24th in the league over the entire season. I think they take that <laughs> over what Anthony Brown is going to give them. So, I mean... You know, again, I I just, like, I don't envy Harbaugh and Mike McDaniel and those two fan bases, again, not only having to play playoff games with third-string quarterbacks, but also playing, again, as we mentioned, juggernauts. Now it's not Kansas City, who is slightly better than the two of them uh, record-wise, and they're on by, number one seed, all that. But on the road, 
you're walking into a Hornets that it's just really hard to expect them, never mind to win, but to keep it close, to keep it close. And like you said, I mean, J.K. Dobbins, I, I guess, gives them a chance to just muck it up and keep it close, I guess. And, you know, again, their their special teams, even though, uh, what's his name, um, the place kicker that uh, – Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. He's been a little bit – I don't know his numbers offhand. But he's been a little more He's human. been a little bit more human this yeah. year. Again, it's hard to see the Ravens scoring more than 10 points, right? I mean, it's hard to see that. Well, they did score 16 last year. I know, week. but Cincinnati's defense pretty good. It is. Pretty um, darn good. Hendrickson's back, right? So, I mean, I, I look at it from the standpoint of if they're going to get a, a victory, it, it has to be. Uh, running the football, yeah. holding the ball for 37 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Tucker, 37 of 43 with yeah. one missed extra point in 32 tries this year. But for him to miss six field goals is, it, you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. Normally, Westlake, Texas, by the way, a school that provides you with quarterbacks. It also provided mm-hmm. the world with a great kicker. What do you What do you think? Uh, all right, we've spent obviously a lot of time on the two third-string quarterbacks and whatever and Purdy. Mm-hmm. Next they, game, I, I think I I think the most interesting game mm-hmm. is the next game that you are going to the Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday night, right? Chargers in the regular season lost to Jacksonville thirty eight ten. It was the mm-hmm. week after Herbert banged the ribs, played mm-hmm. with bad ribs, uh, and clearly wasn't himself. But Jaguars did a great job on Eckler. They smoked them. Chargers also lost to the Broncos last week. Uh, they played their people mm-hmm. and lost to the Broncos uh, last week. So I, I'm not. I don't think by any means is, you know, I, Jacksonville won that game against Tennessee, but Tennessee lost that game against Jacksonville. Uh, I would agree. I was just okay. going to go there, as the great Ken Beatrice would yeah. say. More games are yep. lost, Chris, yep. than won, and that game last week was lost by the Titans. Yep. Okay, so Jacksonville gets the. The gift defensive touchdown. They win the game. The Chargers come in stumbling. So which young quarterback do you trust in their first playoff opportunity coming up this week? A guy with a little more seasoning in Herbert who's been at this for a couple more years. Or do we, despite last week's poor performance where clearly nerves were getting to him, I mean, the throw that he missed to Jones in the back Mm -hmm. of the end zone was one of the colossal misses. If they'd have lost that game, Mm -hmm. they'd have looked back on that thinking he was point-shaving. He missed him by so many yards. Mm -hmm. So which, in your mind, which quarterback is more trustworthy, which team is more trustworthy going into this game at Jacksonville Saturday night? Well, I think outside of the coach, the Chargers are more trustworthy. Peterson Uh, over Staley is definitely... That's definitely a major advantage major for Jacksonville. Advantage, 100%. Plus the home field advantage, long travel, all that. I think, but everything else I kind of look at, you know, I, the Chargers obviously got waxed, like you said, by Jacksonville. A little bit of a different situation. You mentioned, you know, Herbert with the rib injury. Eckler was shut down. Uh, Slater and and Joey Bosa had left early in that. You know, I mean, they had all sorts of different things going on. I'm not saying that I have full faith and confidence in the Chargers, but I do believe right now the Chargers are the more talented team. 
I think they are the slightly more experienced team, even though essentially Saturday night against Tennessee was a playoff game for Jacksonville, and the Chargers, this group anyway, largely, has not played any playoff games. I just tend to look at them maybe as as just a touch ahead Peterson of the Jaguars. and Staley are guys that coach with a very aggressive approach. One's an offensive guy, one's a defensive guy. Does one guy in your mind, the guy that has won a Super Bowl, by the way, uh, does one of those guys differ from that philosophy because it's a playoff game, or do you see both guys sticking to their guns and playing that aggressive tact that they've had, particularly Staley, uh, with his team, with the Chargers? I think they're both aggressive. The difference is, is one's aggressive and reckless, and that's not Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I would expect both on fourth and one from the opponent 45-yard line, which is kind of no man's land, to both go for it in that spot, maybe even a true one-and-a-half, two. When does that desperation fourth down conversion attempt come? Because one of them's going to do it, and, and it's more likely to be Staley. Right, but the problem for me is Staley's more likely to do it down three in the early part of the third quarter from his own 20-yard line. He's mm-hmm. a dummy. And, and anybody that thinks that's a good decision is crazy. Crazy. Like, again, the no, like Ron, two weeks ago in San Francisco, went for it on fourth and one from his own 35-yard line down by seven, and it was a dumb, it was a dumb decision. You're not good enough to get that yard, Thought- especially without Brian Robinson. You have to measure what you are. Remember last year in that play-in game, Chargers at the Vegas Raiders, down three, I think it was 17-14, middle of the third quarter, Staley goes for it on fourth and one from his own 18-yard line after he'd just been stuffed twice. Uh, dude, stop stop thinking that this is high school football and you can go for it on every fourth down. And that because some stupid set of analytics say, well, you're better off doing that than punting, or some computer bot that I follow on Twitter for some unbeknownst <laughs> reason, some stupid fourth down bot which has no context, um, tells you to go for it. No! So, so like... Like, I get if it's the final drive of the game. I get it. But I'm talking about, like, fourth and one, fourth and one and a half from your own 30, down by three. Now, if you're down by 30, of course, okay. What the hell's the difference? Mm -hmm. You're down by three, middle of the third quarter. That's Brandon Staley territory. That's where he should be, like, put in handcuffs and ushered back to the locker room. Doug Peterson probably not going to do that. Now, I've seen other coaches do it. Again, Ron Rivera did it two weeks ago in San Francisco. Dan Campbell did it and ran a fake punt. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry, an end around to end Panay around, Sewell. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then and then also did a fake punt uh, from that area uh, in the game. Actually, no, no, no. Right, it was, four, it was fourth. Right, it was fourth and one, and they they lined up for the punt. That's what it was. Uh, and, and ripped off like 42 yards. I mean, I get that coaches are sometimes going to take risks. But it's about to me, it's about managing risks. I'm fine with taking a risk. I'm fine with going for it on fourth down. I'm fine with whatever. Matt, but, are you recording this? Okay. It's also podcast, too. Yeah. Russell I, and Medhurst. The Russell team said he is cool with taking a risk. He's cool with going for it on fourth down. Yeah. 
Okay, I just want to make sure we got that out there. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't think I've been anti going for it on fourth down, have I? No, but you're a you. You tend to be a super I, conservative. I, yeah, I tend to be more conservative than yeah. most. But but here's here's the thing. Like, I have no problem. Um. All right. So so let me give you a scenario. Okay. Um. If you're if you're fourth and six from your from the opponent's 30-yard line, mm-hmm. and you go for it as opposed to the field goal, assuming that you have a somewhat normal field goal kicking situation. Which both teams in this game do. Right? Cameron Dicker and Riley Patterson right. are both good. It's amazing, by the way, how long uh, D-hop, you know, that— You know that... why? Cameron Dicker's missed one kick. No, I know. I know. I, I kind of— kick. I mean, was, was D-hop plus. officially put on IR? Uh, I don't I, know I for remember. sure, but uh, oh, he, he was on IR, so yeah. I guess they just never never had to bring him um, back. But but if you're, kicker, right, if you're fourth and six at the Jaguars thirty, mm-hmm. that is not a situation you should go for it. No, because okay? you, you can trust Dicker as uh, the kicker right. to kick that. I think anything though, I, I think anything that p- produces what would be a fifty-plus yard kick, unless. Unless it's the last, unless you feel it's your last possession, what's my biggest thing? Right. The only time you can, is the only time you, you can guarantee you getting the ball is when you actually have yeah. it. Yeah. You can't just say, "Well, we're going to punt it or we're going to kick it. We're going to get it back. We'll get the ball back." And we've seen teams not get the ball back. Right. So, you know, anything that produces maybe a fifty-yard field goal or more, I can understand why a coach may go for it. But I think both of these kickers have the ability from inside 50 to be yeah. very consistent and kick the ball and get you points. I mean, under my scenario, that's we're talking about a, what, a 47, 48-yard yeah. field goal? So I would now, kick that. What will drive me crazy, Pete, is if they go, like, just the opposite. If they go for a field goal that's, say, I don't know, 50 to 55 yards in terms of distance, and it's fourth and one or fourth and two and mm-hmm. you don't go for it, Meaning, say, let's just say at the opponent 35-yard line, and it's fourth and one and a half, fourth and two, I would probably go for it there as opposed to trying the field goal because, A, you're talking about distance, but also don't forget, when you kick a field goal and you miss it, the ball gets turned over to the opponent, not at the original line of scrimmage, but minus seven yards. So you're giving away an extra seven yards, which people say, oh, not that big of a deal. Well, it is kind of a big deal. If a good offense or a potentially good offense can take over at their at the uh, Los Angeles 42 as opposed to the Los Angeles 34, 35, that is a difference. That's almost a full chain of possession. Do you agree with Bill Barnwell that this is going to be a super low scoring game, 13 to 10? Yeah, I, I see it. I, I mean, even though you had the two great young quarterbacks, and I could see where where we get more scoring, I think because both defenses have really good pass rushes. I mean, Bosa on one side, uh, Josh Allen and um, – uh, I mean, it's one of the higher and, and, totals, Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker. It's one of the higher numbers of the weekend yeah. at 47 and a half. That's interesting. Well, that's because that of the standpoint. quarterbacks, right? Uh, but you don't trust Herbert and and Lawrence. I mean, I do, but the question becomes: is again, will there will the pass rushes like last week? 
You know, Brandon Sheriff, everybody loves Brandon. I mean, he got abused. Titans got after Lawrence last week. Yeah, Yeah. he got abused. Mm -hmm. So if we see Bosa and company do that to Lawrence, what good, you know, again, what good does it have uh, do to have a phenom for a quarterback if you're not giving him a chance? Chargers or Jaguars? I like the Chargers, even, even though... Even though you know I can't stand Staley. I'm going to go Jaguars. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Jaguars. Okay. Uh, two Chargers in, are favored by two. I understand that. I mean, the boys in Vegas know all. So. That's what they say. Yeah. But Jaguars beat them 38-10 right. in the regular season, so they're going to be confident right. going into the matchup. Um, look, any chance at all, two, two incredible quarterback stories in San Francisco with Geno Smith for Seattle, Brock Purdy for San Francisco. Yeah. But there's no doubt, as good as – and Pete Carroll's defense has been better mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. You know, they've kind of been on the – their defense has been on the up and down. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been like the Dow Jones on the defensive side. But any chance – any chance Seattle keeps this within nine and a half? I don't see it. I mean, you know, not that playing in Levi Stadium is intimidating. It's not. But I don't see... I mean, the Niners are only giving up 3.4 yards a rush, which right. means Kenneth Walker going to have to be really good. Right. Uh, they The Niners' defense has turned people over. I mean, they've collected 20 interceptions yeah. this year. I mean, their pass rush, their secondary, their linebackers. I mean, you know, like for people that didn't see San Francisco much until they played the Commanders around mm-hmm. here on Christmas Eve, they're, I mean, all three levels of their defense... I don't want to say his lights out. I think you can pick on the corners a little bit if you can get the ball off, if you can protect. And look, you have Metcalf and Lockett. Yeah. If you can hold up in protection, I don't think think Seattle's uh, offensive line in pass protection is going to hold up for Geno not to make a mistake or two for Kenneth Walker to get on Mm -hmm. track in this game. I like the Seattle story. You know, of course, I love the fact that they shoved it in, in dopey Russell Wilson's face. I love the fact that they made Russell Wilson look like an ass clown. I love it. I want Seattle to perform well in this game. I just I don't see how they Worth do. Worth noting, though, and Bill Barnwell points it out, and I, and I thought that I didn't know analytically it was quite this different. First half of the season, Geno Smith never turned it over. Right. Second half of the He's season, turned it over a bunch. Turned over a lot. Yeah. Should have should have thrown. He had two interceptions Sunday. Should have had given up a pick six. I mean, a guy for the Rams just dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. turned over eleven times. But I think it's because of what you're talking about, pass rush. Yeah. I think the fact that he's had more people at his feet, yep. more people at his arms when he's trying to throw, has made a little bit more of a difference in the second half of the season. When you can't run the ball the way you want to, and especially if you're challenged at quarterback, but even if you're not challenged at quarterback, I mean, we've seen Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers all struggle when pass rush gets to them when pass rush affects their mechanics, their throwing lanes, what have you. But imagine if you're Geno Smith. Imagine if you're Daniel Jones. Imagine if you're Skylar Thompson or Anthony Brown or some pedestrian jag and not a pedestrian jaguar. Just just imagine what that's like. And that's the problem that I have as I envision these games is I don't see how Geno Smith, again, unless there's just some weird thing where again San Francisco for whatever reason really struggles on special teams which they did last year hence they fired their special teams coordinator guy that I knew from here uh in Richard Hightower uh where his contract was up there whatever uh and he's now with the Bears 
like, unless that happens, that's the only way I envision. I, I mean, I guess you could say, well, what if you throw a quick pass to DK Metcalf and one of the corners come up in space and they just badly miss a tackle mm-hmm. and blow it like sure. Kendall Fuller stuff? I, yeah. I mean, yes, these are things that can happen that I can't control, but I, I just don't see it happening enough. Maybe you get that one time and you lose. 20, 20 to seven, as opposed to twenty to nothing. I, I don't see it happening enough. Is my point. A team that finished the season two five and one is in the playoffs this week, mm-hmm. and many feel they've got a little bit of momentum. Believe it or not, we'll talk about that team and their game next. We're taking a look at the NFL playoffs coming up in the second half of the show. Your thoughts as you get to be the amateur GM, the most pressing need, not needs, the most pressing need. For your Washington football team here in the offseason. It's touchdown at 10 on Russell and Medhurst, 9 to noon, every day, right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now, you know, I got screwed when um, Elton John played Nationals Park, Chris. I was I had a road game on that Saturday, so I couldn't go. Now I'm eyeing another one. Oh. Apparently, Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. Oh. Live at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Saturday, October 7th. Wow. Hmm. That is an interesting pairing. I like that. Love the first one, but I obsess over the second right, right i love stevie nicks i know you do oh, give some me your leather take from me my lace oh, oh gives me the willies just listening to her sing that 
Oh, I like when I like when Pedro gets oh. all silly. I love her. <laughs> love Stevie Nicks. Watch, Na- I guarantee a Navy will be on the road. October oh, because you don't 7th. have their schedule for that. Yeah, we don't have their yeah. officials. We know who we're playing. We just right. don't know when or where mm. we're playing. M&T over. Bank Stadium. Huh? M&T Bank Stadium. Saturday, October 7th. Weather should still be all right. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit chilly, cold, kill, yeah. cool, whatever, but that shouldn't be too bad. Billy Joel saying, because uh, I, I wear terrible. I'm going to have to join you for that. I wear terrible clothes. Mm-hmm. Billy Joel with a great line. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Don't you know that they're out of style? <laughs> yeah. That's me. Okay, I dress like a bum uh, every day. Let's get to these uh, final couple of playoff games real quick yeah. before we transition over to the Commanders. Uh, commanders. It, do you believe it's true that Daniel Jones's reps want four years at $46 million per to stay quarterback of a team that coming into the season, he likely wasn't going to be playing for next yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, that's absurd if they're asking for that. I, I mean, go kick all the rocks. Two five and one in the second half of the season. Yeah. 1-0 and one at the expense of Washington gets the Giants into the playoffs. Any threat at all to the Vikings, who are only, surprisingly, at home a three-point favorite this Uh, week? I'm not surprised by that, and here's why. Um, The Vikings have been outscored. Mm -hmm. Right? So... It just all, means, but to me, that means when they're bad, they're really, really right. bad. Right, no, I understand Like that. the I mean, Dallas I mean, the, game. The 40-3 really, Dallas the Packer game. Sure, sure. Just really, really bad. But but it also tells you that they were in close games, which we knew. Mm-hmm. And but no. excellent in close games. At, very good in close games, no doubt. I, I think the Vikings win this game because I think they're better at quarterback. I think they're better at running back. I think they're better. I, I, th- I think they're... I think their special teams, while also a little bit of a high wire act, it can be really good. It can also be a, a bit of a letdown, i.e. Greg Joseph or at Lambeau last week, their kick return coverage. But they could also pop one in a snap of a finger. I, I, I think the Vikings are the better offense. I think the Vikings are the better overall special teams even though they're a little bit of a high-wire act. I think the Giants are the better defense. I do worry about the Giants' pass rush versus Cousins and that offensive line. Cousins usually good at getting rid of the ball quickly. They're going to need to run, play action, all that to kind of offset, slow Kayvon Thibodeau uh, down a little bit. I think the Giants hang in there. I think it's a less-than-one-score, maybe max-one-score game. Early to mid-fourth quarter, I just think the Vikings will have enough to pull away. What's interesting, and, and look... Oh, I there, shouldn't say pull away, win that there game. Are, there are any number of absurd analytics sites out there, but I thought Bill Barnwell brought up a great one, and Football Outsiders has the Vikings playing worse on a snap-by-snap basis than the Broncos and the Rams. Yeah. How about that? <sighs> I mean, li- listen... Wh- I, I, Maybe I'm missing something here. Again, their offensive line scares me versus that giant mm-hmm. pass rush. And, and the Giants, it's not look, only Thibodeau, it's, it's uh, Ozizol Jolari. And, and, and the it's, Giant defense. Yeah. The Giant defense also been pretty stingy in the red zone well, part, late but, this but, season as but well. But also part of that is because of your pass rush, yeah. right? And 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 look, they've done Lawrence a pretty— up the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Keith I mean, Ellis. I mean, they, oh, they've been able to get after people. Right. So that worries me that Minnesota could be in a situation where— you know, where they move the football and then have to settle for field goals and then Joseph misses a field goal. I mean, he's there were again, they're a little bit of a high wire act in in that regard. And remember no Brian O'Neill for Minnesota which on the is, offensive line. Which is exactly why I'm scared to death. 
I, I mean, again, Darasaw is is good, but he's been you know banged up a little bit. They've been banged up on the interior. I can see, I can see where the Giants win this game, and everybody makes fun of Kirk, and everyone rips Kirk and says, oh, how could you do that? How could you lose to Daniel Jones? Well, listen, dummies, you're not losing to Daniel Jones. You're losing to, if the Vikings lose this game, they would lose it to their pass rush, meaning the Giants' pass rush, or they would lose it because, again, of a gaffe on special teams. And and you know that kills me because our guy Ben Kotwika is part of that coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, listen, he's he's helped them become really good in some areas, and they're also flawed in some areas, as we saw against Green Bay in terms of kick coverage and as we've known for a couple of years now with Joseph. But he's made them really good. They're really dangerous in terms of returning one uh, with the kid's name that I can't even pronounce. Um <laughs> And I'm not going to try. But my point being is I would be stunned if this is more than a three- to four-point game in the end. I would not be surprised at all if the Giants win this game. Uh, Let me ask you this quick. You love Dable. Kevin O'Connell or Brian Dable? Which one do you trust more? It's a great question. I think both are capable. Uh, I like where I like the direction both organizations are going with each mm-hmm. guy. I agree. Um, so I think that's a. I think that is, and and you know, as much as I love Dable, I think that's a that's an even intangible coming into this game. Okay, I would give. I don't know why, but I would give Dable just a little slight edge. You know why? You know why I would give O'Connell the edge? He uh, has. Oh, you would give O'Connell the edge over slight Dable. edge here. Mm. He has Justin Jefferson. Brian Dable does not. That's fair. That's we fair. Got, you you want to say Cook Barkley is a wash? We can. That's a. We can write that off as an right. even intangible. The the Justin Jefferson against any combination of Giants wide receivers is not. And if you look at Hawkinson, better option at tight end than what the Giants have. Uh, Though better, Bellinger was okay, but remember yeah. Bellinger had a key turnover in that game against the Vikings right. earlier this better year. Better trio of receivers mm-hmm. beyond just Jefferson. Right. Um, again. The Giants' offensive line's not great, but they've done a decent enough job. I Vikings win this game by at least three, right? I I, I think so. I feel that, but I, I I could also see Kirk having a critical turnover in the red zone, or or the giant pass rush you finding a way to just knock be one out. Yes, and knock one out. I, you know, give I, I, Daniel just, Jones good field position, and I worry about that. I worry about that for Kirk. And yep. the Vikings, I do. Uh, and one, one last by the, thing. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, please make note of that. Don't just assume Chris Russell is part of the Kirk Cousins cheerleading class. Yeah, one hundred six seven. The Kirk. He he acknowledged he acknowledged that Kirk could get a key turnover in this game. Right. Okay. Unlike others who will probably not offer that uh, nugget up for you in the one hundred six seven. The Kirk here at Odyssey DC. <laughs> Final game, you know me, I'm on record. I think Dallas wins this game yeah. against Tampa. I don't think it's going to be an aesthetically pleasing game. I think it's going to have some ugly moments to it. I think Dallas bounces back, though, and mm-hmm. wins the game. I just don't like the inconsistencies overall that this Tampa team had during the course of the season. Now, do you get the performance you got in the next to last week of the regular season from Brady and Mike Evans? If you do that, yeah, Tampa wins the game. But what pattern of any behavior from Tampa have we seen that that is something we can consistently count yeah. on from that Tampa team? And yes, I know Dak stunk last week. He was fourteen of thirty-seven. I mean that 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 was what it was last week. 
but I believe there's going to be enough professional pride there from Dak and that organization and Pollard and Elliott and CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons. Though Micah Parsons limping to the finish line a little bit with injuries. Yeah. Not because of lack of effort, just injuries. Guys banged up. He's played mm-hmm. a lot of snaps. But I just think there's enough of them to get the job done, especially with Tom Brady being a stationary target back there uh, with not much escapability, unlike what Sam Howell had this past week for Washington. I think Dallas gets this done close fashion, but I think the Cowboys win this game on the road at Tampa. I think they find a way to win as well. Ooh, look at that. However, however. Come on I, I board. Sh- Step I sh- inside. I should say this. I think they're better on offense than the Buccaneers o- overall are. I think they're better on defense than the Buccaneers overall are. Bucks have home field advantage. Cowboys will have plenty of fans there. Probably won't be a major factor. But to me, the difference is, is do we get vintage Tom Brady, who you know does one of these 32 for 37 type games, 325 yards, no picks, you know, three touchdowns, what have you. And does Dak crap in his pants and walk away with skids in his underwear? Not two weeks or, in a row. I mean, like he's got 11 touch, 11 interceptions in his last seven games. And it should have been 12 because Kendall Fuller should have had back-to-back picks. Although I know he wouldn't, he wouldn't have if he had the first pick. But my point is, is if Dak Prescott doesn't get on track, if they don't find a way to run the ball better, if they don't find a way to protect him better, I mean, they got Tyron Smith playing on the right tackle side. He's given up a couple of sacks, what have you. Uh, I think they're going to get Badash back, uh, or however you say his but name. But doesn't Bada- Kellen Moore this week have to take some of that pressure off Dak, in my mind? Pollard and Elliott sure. have to be a much bigger sure. factor. Absolutely, no doubt. They never could get in rhythm last week. Yep. They never could. I mean, obviously you can't win a game on the road against a decent team with 10 three-and-outs. Well, if Dak throws 37 times this week, I'm not sure they win. I think in some ways, people are going to talk about the Cowboys have been exposed by others and then the Commanders finally let... And I think that's true. Well, they didn't true get to, exposed too much. They won 12 games. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I think that's true that to, to some degree down the stretch. Their offensive line is not as good. Dak obviously has struggled since Thanksgiving. Uh, Jay talked about the lack of speed at receiver, so on and so forth. I think they have been exposed a little bit. The problem is, the problem for me, is that I think instead of what happened last Sunday being a cold slap in the face and, oh, no, here we go, they're going to collapse again, I worry that that was the wake-up call that they needed. Quite possibly. I mean, absolutely. I mean, to me, if that doesn't get your attention, uh, if you don't have enough professional pride after the way you played last week, that doesn't get your attention, uh, I, I don't know what will. But last I mean, last week last year, just one more for you. Mm-hmm. Final week of the season, they put up a fifty-plus burger spot in the last week of the season, and everybody was like, "Whoa!" That was the second time in three weeks. Remember, they had done it to Washington the night after Christmas. That was the second time in three weeks that they had put up fifty-plus points. Everybody was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" Dallas, da, 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 da. and they came in and. Again, not that they weren't in that game against San Francisco, but they clearly were not the same against an elite defense, against a great defense. Tampa is not a great defense. They're a mishmash right now. They have a couple of guys on that side, but they're not the unit they were a couple of years ago. Now, they are aggressive. They'll play man. They'll blitz a lot, all that. They will get after Dak, and they will take advantage of some of the spots on the offensive line. Prescott and Lamb, I think, make some plays in this game, though. I just I, I guess what I'm saying is I think Dallas came into the playoffs last year footloose and fancy free. Oh, we we could score 50 anytime we want. Anytime we want to try. 
I think, again, it could work against you. They could have just been totally exposed and a total sham, not a Brad sham, a total sham. I don't think that's the Dallas we're going to get on. I don't know if they win for sure, but I think we're going to get a much, much, much more, as the kids say, woke. In in, in football terms, Dallas Cowboy off uh, team. It, it, like you said, in all three phases, because they weren't good in either mm-hmm. in any of the three phases last week. They really weren't. They were wretched on offense and special teams, not so much on 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 uh, defense, but they weren't good enough on defense either. By the way, I love Brad Sham. I think he's one of the best play-by-play guys uh-huh. in the NFL. But you know what? He, he called Jahan Dotson last week. Jahan Dotson. Mm. <laughs> Pronunciation guide, everybody. Pronunciation guide. Find it. Use it. It'll make you better. I promise. 301-230-0980. That's how we see the first uh, round of the NFL playoffs coming up. Your thoughts on what must happen for the Washington offseason. What's the number one? We're not talking about three, four, five things. We know they need multiple things. What's the number one most pressing need for this organization? We'll get your thoughts on it next right here on the Team 980 streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Chris has a look at what's trending. All right, we'll start with this NFL news. Uh, The Chicago Bears have hired a new president. Uh, That is Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, new president and CEO, as they look for a new stadium and obviously have the number one overall pick to presumably build around Justin Fields. Uh, Warren, before serving the Big Ten, was a top executive with the Minnesota Vikings. The Washington Post, Nikki Jabala, reporting that in-house candidate Ken Zampezi, the quarterback's coach, uh, is a top candidate or at least a candidate for the Washington Commander's offensive coordinator position. Now, it was previously reported that the organization would go out, not in, of the organization. We will see. Meanwhile, the Denver Broncos continuing their search. David Shaw is going to get an interview uh, there. The former Stanford uh, head coach, uh, he is interviewing today. Other teams asking for permission, like the Arizona Cardinals, and getting it to interview Sean Payton. And that's what's trending. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, a guy that could have had it all. This guy sings the lead vocals on this. Lindsey Buckingham. Think about it. He could have had it all. He could have had all the riches that came with being Fleetwood Mac and probably could have had Stevie Nicks, too. How does a guy mess that up? Because he can go his own way. 
Go your own way. What a stupid blunder to let her go. I mean, he could have had all the riches of Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks, Matt. How does a man do that? How does a man screw that up? Jeez. Come on, Lindsay. Reevaluate your priorities, Hoss. Too late now. Stevie Nicks is like 73. She's old. She's good. She can still sing. She can still. Page can still get siced, as the boys on the other side of the hall say. Get siced for Stevie Nicks. Getting siced is what you all as fans are for another offseason. Where? What do we talk about, Chris? No, not playoff berths. No, not postseason success. No. What's the most pressing need again for your Washington football team? Yay! Here we are. America's favorite game show is back again this year in 2023, Chris. Only slightly different as the commanders, huh? Let's go to our host, Chris Russell. I love how they put out the montage. Did you guys see the commanders uh, montage of how their first season as the commanders went? And it was literally two minutes and it was like, oh, inspire, you know, like McLaurin in the locker room and Jeremy Reeves and, you know, and, and Wentz, you know, in the locker room after the Jaguars game and all the... Brian Robinson's first touchdown, not n- n- nothing, nothing even remotely like we suck down the stretch. Oh, no, we suck again down uh, the stretch. They're not going to do that I know, video. I know, but they they send this stuff out. I see it getting circulated around Twitter last night. People are all pumped up and I'm like, yeah, what about all the other stuff? But you know what? You know what, Chris? They went from seven wins. I know. To eight wins. Significant improvement. And eight this is wins why. And a tie. Eight and th- wins and a tie. You're right. And this is so that's why. Like eight and a half. They went from seven to eight and a half. How about this? Coinky dink, right? The last time they won eight games before Sunday night was in 2016. They also had a tie that year. Remember, they finished eight, seven, London. and one, and they, right, London. against the Bengals. And they threw up all over themselves against the Giants in a meaningless mm. game for the New York at FedEx Field in the last week of the season. They were eight, seven, one. That was the last time before Sunday night that they had won eight games. So the last two times that they won eight games in a year, Pedro, they've also tied a game. Mm-hmm. And that was their last tie, obviously, before um, earlier this year. Now, so let me answer this real quickly, and then we'll get out to the calls, or we'll get your answer uh, too. I-, I can go a number of different ways, right? You, I-, I think it's more than reasonable you can go a corner. I think it's more than reasonable that you can go middle linebacker or Mike linebacker. I think it's more than reasonable that you could go quarterback. Um, you want to make an argument, tight end? Mm, okay. For me... Knowing what I know now in hindsight, the number one position that I think this team really struggled with and was a crippling blow was the inability for Chase Roulier and Tyler Larson, either one, long-term, to stay healthy. And Roulier made it through a week and change, and Larson made it through about four or five games, and both... Again, much like 2021, both were shut down because of injury. And I know you would say, well, Chris, wait a second. How in the world could you say the number one need on a team is center? Guess what? They don't get paid like left tackles. Mm -hmm. But, Pete, I think you you and I, again, you know, talk to a, a lot of football people. And I think we watch enough football. I would say this. To me, 
if you can get a guy like what last year's version of Tyler Linderbaum was for Baltimore, and I know, again, Baltimore is not this, you know, this uh, great outfit because of A, the problems at quarterback, B, all the injuries in addition to Lamar, but running back. But if you could get, uh, I don't know, like a Luke Weipler, is that how you say his name? Whipler? Weipler uh, from Ohio State? It's Whipler, I think. Whipler, I think. I have to check the pronunciation um, guy. Yes. We should have a, like a mobile pronunciation guy. Well, right? I mean, that's a lot of players, though. I, I mean, know. you know, you start to get into that stuff here. Uh, in the offseason. But, but but if they could get somebody like that, either mm-hmm. in the first or second round, and I'm not sure. I mean, I know he's considered to be, you know, one of the top centers, if not the top center in the draft class. If they can get somebody like that, I think that fits your and fills your number one need. And, 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 and again, most fans and most media would never, ever even talk about a center. I think we should be smart enough as a fan base. I think we are smart enough as a show to realize just how crippling those injuries were okay, let me at that particular position. Right. What what who are you who are you committing to at quarterback then? Are you going to are you going to go with the youngster Hal and and go from there? Right. So as I outlined on Monday, right now, and this is subject to change, right now, I think the most prudent situation for them to do is have in the back of your mind Howell is going to likely be, likely be, now he's got to earn it, the number one guy. Sign a veteran quarterback because I expect Heineke to leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a cute story, and I know he wants to come back, and he would be happy here. Somebody's going to offer him. Whatever. I think somebody's so- going to offer him more money than Washington exactly. would want to. Exactly. To, you know. And if you're Taylor Heineke, how do you turn that down? especially when you know they don't truly, truly believe in you here. And there's a chance that the system might not be the same. On top of that, on top of that, I would say Howell, veteran, youngish veteran backup, you know, a Case Keenum type, but not Case Keenum, a Colt McCoy type, but not Colt McCoy, somebody in that vein, okay? And I haven't done enough work in that regard. Maybe a Mitch Trubisky. Okay, with the thought that they could start games short term, medium term, or if Howell, for whatever reason, gets the yips. And then I would draft a quarterback between the third and fifth round. Another one and start developing basically two young quarterbacks with the thought that in a year or two, if both develop, I have my starter. And I have a young backup that's, you know, just entering his prime as well. So you're kind of doing what Kyle Shanahan did. <laughs> I mean, he took Lance. He took Lance. Look, they traded the only assets, thing I The only thing Lance I wouldn't do top is five, yeah, that's the only thing I wouldn't do. And just said, yeah, you know, we're going to. We're gonna we're gonna grab this Purdy guy yeah. who had a good college career in the seventh round. But that's the only. But but just like they kind of did that with mm-hmm. with Cousins, right? Yeah. Because they knew Robert was gonna take time to develop. Especially challenging for a backup. I'm, right. I'm a little disappointed that Washington did not work out Nathan Rourke, um, the great CFL quarterback from British Columbia, uh, who's worked out with 12 teams and seems to be narrowing his list to three or four, according to my guy Farhan Liljai, um, and. Cincinnati brought him in. Minnesota's brought him in. So, I mean, we're talking playoff clubs. Good clubs have brought him in. And at minimum, at minimum, Chris, he's the backup. I'll say this. 
Nathan Rourke is as good as any quarterback that was on this roster this mm. year. Any quarter, so I have no and, file on this dude. Because, and and but again, this is how how deep does your pro scouting department go? Yeah. Well, they how, should. How right? deep does your college scouting department go? I mean, if I'm looking around the league and I'm going, man, why why are Cincinnati and Minnesota? Why are all these teams with good offenses and and you know quarterbacks? Why are they bringing this guy in? Maybe we should kick the tires on this guy. Mm-hmm. And before his injury this year in, in Kennedy, he was having an amazing season. Mobile, right. can throw it. I mean, again, 6'1", okay? So he's a little bit shorter guy. Uh, played at Ohio University in college and um, was having an amazing season. Go watch any of the film of the early season games from British Columbia this year. Uh, and when, when, when that many teams and that many good teams are working somebody out – you know, your pro scouting guy should say, you know what? Maybe we should bring this guy in. All these good teams are bringing him in. Let's let's take a look. Let's let's see what all the hullabaloo is about. Um, and, and they didn't do it. So that would have been a perfect guy to have uh, as a backup, uh, particularly for Sam Howe. But also now, what matters is who the offensive coordinator is and and the type of stuff that he wants to run. Is it a complicated system? Is it not a complicated system? Is the verbiage you know easy to spew out quickly to get in and out of the huddle? I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to go into this with what the offseason hire uh, is for me. To me, I know, and and you brought up a, a valid point about the offensive line. Um, and if you want, if somehow you know a Paris Johnson or Skaronsky ends up where you are at 16 by you know happenstance, uh, I definitely have to take one of those guys maybe and let them challenge for a tackle position uh, here. But to me, it's still the the pressing need is answering the quarterback situation and I think a lot of people have a lot more respect if you just choose the youngster Hal and say look we're going to build around Sam uh he showed us a, a lot you know in that game against Dallas we like what we saw on tape we think it can be better uh and we're going to go forward uh with that guy but that'll also be whether the new offensive coordinator feels like they can develop him because I think that's that's a lot of conversation mm-hmm. that still has to happen but it's still the most important position in this sport and you've got to get some stability uh, at that position. What if Ken Zampezi is the offensive coordinator? Which is what Nikki Javala is reporting. Not that he's going no, to but be, but candidate. that he's a candidate. Because it, uh, I mean, it was ruled out yesterday that they were going to go in-house. So we were thinking external, based on whoever leaked that to Darren Haynes. Now all of a sudden, Zampezi is... Well, see, the, I would go with John obvi- Matsko. You want to run the ball? Uh, well, like the obvious, John Matsko. Here's the obvious question. And promote there. Travell Wharton. Here's the obvious question. At no point did Zampezi make any suggestions to Scott Turner that they tried and it didn't work. Or or was Scott so – and you do get coaches that are like this. Scott is so hell-bent in doing it his way, mm-hmm. my way. I like your idea, but I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Is that is that – did that happen between I don't know. Scott and Ken? Because if, if, if there were ideas to be tried, you know – and if if Ken sits in front of Ron and says, I would do this different, I would do that different, I would do that different, Ron should say to him, well, did you ever say that to Scott? And if his answer is, well, no, then why are you on my staff? Why are you not trying to help me get better? Mm-hmm. Good assistant coaches do that. Good assistant coaches take yep. good ideas and say, Coach, look, you know, we've tried this and we've only gotten like 2.9 yards per play doing this. I think we could do this. And, and maybe try to be more successful and do something different. That's what good assistant coaches do. So uh, my, my question to Ron would be, well, if you didn't suggest this to Scott, why are you on my staff? And Unless Scott, unless he, well, coach, I did, and Scott just didn't want to do it. Okay, 
then, you know, maybe I like your idea. Maybe I like your philosophy. Maybe maybe you go that way. Right. So, and you know what? In a, in a, in a situation where you don't know about ownership and all that other stuff, it might be easier for Ron to mm-hmm. lure a Ken Zampezi to stay as opposed to bring someone else in from the outside who's looking at it like, well, Ron, I mean, coach. It's way easier. Coach, you, you, you might only be able to, you know, guarantee me one year. Right. That's why I was so surprised by the Haynes report that there was, that, like, they were already closing off in-house. And mm-hmm. I admit, I I kind of was thinking more maybe Matt Scow because he's a longtime lieutenant run the ball, offensive line, physical, whatever, which is their stated philosophy. Mm-hmm. But Zampisi's the only one that's got experience calling plays. True. Remember, he was yeah. he was with Jay right. in Cincinnati. Jay yeah. loves him. Well, maybe that's the way to go. I'd call Jay Gruden. I'd, I'd interview Jay. I'd at least interview him. What kind of ideas you got, Jay? You know? Maybe maybe we maybe we come in simpatico on something. Yeah. Maybe maybe Jay becomes a consultant for the commanders. Hey, that'd be great. 301-230-0980. Your thoughts on it next right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.